KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Wednesday, March 8th. California has new transparency laws that tell us more about police misconduct. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. SDSU has announced the death of a professor who contracted Legionnaire's disease last month. Professor Michael Biono died Saturday of the disease. He taught at the School of Exercise and Nutritional Sciences. The building was closed for cleaning and testing on February 13th, following the diagnosis, and it remains closed. The school could not confirm his identity until yesterday because of privacy laws. In a statement, SDSU says the world in our SDSU community won't be the same without Dr. Biono. There are new concerns about traveling to Mexico after four U.S. citizens were kidnapped at gunpoint after crossing the border at Brownsville, Texas. Now the State Department has issued a do-not-travel warning for five Mexican states. The State Department is also warning Americans to reconsider travel to Baja, California. The San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department says snow is beginning to melt in the mountains and some roads have been reopened to residents. But some in the mountain communities say rescue efforts have been inadequate. KPBS talked to Lynn, a Lake Arrowhead resident who didn't want to give her last name. So neighbors are doing the best they can to help each other. I know there's firemen and people trying to help. It's just not enough. Dozens of San Diego firefighters are in the area helping with rescue efforts. The San Diego Humane Society is also helping. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. A new state law requires local police departments to release some police misconduct records. But reporter Gustavo Solis says, we still don't have all the information. A warning, the story contains graphic sounds and images. It started as a simple 911 call about three young people being drunk in public around 7 a.m. on a Sunday in August 2017. Come here. Yes, you come here. One man turned around and punched Officer Timothy Romberger in the arm, according to an internal affairs investigation. The call ended with one young man getting a bloody lip from having his face smashed into a police vehicle and the other in the back of a police car covered in pepper spray. At one point, Officer Romberger grabbed the young man by the neck. 
a violation of department policy. Stand still. Stand still. Why are you talking to me? This audio from police body camera footage was made public because of a new state law aimed at shining a light on police misconduct records. California's transparency laws used to be a black hole. Historically, California is one of the least transparent states on records about law enforcement operations, investigations, misconduct, and use of force. That's David Loy, legal director with the First Amendment Coalition. He says the new state law is trying to change that. Under Senate Bill 16, California police agencies are required to publish records on several categories of police misconduct. They include violations like discrimination and excessive force, but the law only makes public records when officers did something wrong. Loy says that despite the progress, California still lags behind other states when it comes to transparency. But it still has a long way to go to rise to the standard of other states that are much more transparent and accountable as to law enforcement. The San Diego Police Department released records for 93 cases, but one-third of them do not contain disciplinary records. I told you to come here. You don't fight with me! Romberger's case is a good example of that. Despite having 10 violations during that one interaction, there is no record of him being disciplined. Here, sitting there with your boy. Dude, slide over. What's your beef, man? Bro, can you please get off of my... Investigators say Romberger grabbed the young man by the neck and threw him to the ground, even though he was handcuffed and not resisting. Then, when he was sitting in the back of a patrol car, Romberger doused him with pepper spray from a distance of 12 to 18 inches, double the recommended distance of 3 feet. Romberger also didn't offer medical attention. If you headbutt me again, I'm going to smash your face into my vehicle. You understand? Get up! Romberger stayed in the force until 2019, when he was arrested for felony assault. Romberger could not be reached for comment. His attorney told police investigators that Romberger had been going through a turbulent personal situation with his wife and mother of his child, which may have contributed to his state of mind at the time. San Diego Police Captain Jeff Jordan oversees the records department. He wouldn't do an interview. He says the department only keeps disciplinary records for three years after an officer leaves the force. Romberger left the SDPD three and a half years ago. I think a general conception is police just kind of try and whitewash things. Retired La Mesa police captain Dan Willows says SB 16 is a good thing. Transparency helps build trust. That's not in our best interest to have a cop out there doing bad stuff, right? Either in the community or within the own agency. Um, That's a cancer. Willis now runs wellness training sessions for various police departments. He says officers don't know how to cope with the stress and trauma of police work, which leads them to be more impulsive and aggressive. Because if officers aren't resilient, they are not well in heart, mind, body, and spirit, they're not going to be professional, good, effective officers. The community is going to be less safe. Gustavo Solis, KPBS News. This story was reported with High News Source, an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. San Diego County supervisors have hired outside lawyers to investigate alleged misconduct in the public defender's office. Investigative reporter Amitha Sharma has more. 
KPBS has obtained a copy of a letter sent last month by the San Diego law firm Myers Nave to current and former deputy public defenders. The letter states the firm has been retained to probe discrimination and retaliation complaints against the public defender's office. The inquiry coincides with a recent jury verdict that awarded ex-public defender Zach Davenet $2.6 million in damages. The county recently settled a similar case with Michelle. Michelle Reynoso, another ex-public defender, for $900,000. Davina says the independent investigation is long overdue. I've always advocated for this, and now it seems that the only way they would take it seriously is through litigation, and that's where we ended up here. So I'm grateful that it is happening, and I have hope for it. The county sent a statement late Tuesday afternoon saying it takes seriously any allegation of wrongdoing in the workplace. Amitha Sharma, KPBS News. A story on Monday misstated the settlement received by Michelle Reynoso. San Diego County courts ordered employers to pay back more than $20 million in stolen wages between 2018 and 2022, but how much of that money workers actually got back is unclear. iNewsource reporter Sofia Mejias-Pasco explains. Wage theft, when employers withhold wages and other compensation from employees, is the most common form of theft. But the state agency responsible for safeguarding workers' rights, the Labor Commissioner, does not always keep track of when employers pay back employees. The agency said it relies on workers or employers to tell them when stolen wages are paid back. But in most cases, that doesn't happen. Of the $20 million in court-ordered payments, just 4% was reported as fully paid back to workers, according to the Labor Commissioner. For KPBS, I'm iNewsource reporter Sofia Mejias-Pasco. iNewsource is an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. Coming up, I speak with our KPBS news director and digital editor about the new KPBS public safety coverage policy. We'll have that and more next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, We've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. From fires to analysis of police records to crime news, KPBS covers a wide variety of public safety stories. 
Now, our newsroom has created a public safety coverage policy. It will guide decisions on what stories we prioritize, as well as whose narratives we need to include. Joining me today is KPBS News Director Terrence Shepard and Digital Editor Alma Gonzalez. Hello and welcome to you both. Hello, Debbie. Hello. Hi, Debbie. Well, Alma, I have a question first for you. If you can maybe tell us how the idea for this policy came about. Sure. So KPBS participated in a seminar from the Pointer Institute, a journalism think tank, and the course was called Transforming Crime Reporting into Public Safety Journalism. And the course highlighted how in many communities, coverage of crime can amplify existing inequity and therefore harm underrepresented communities rather than what the whole point of public safety news is, which is to help uh, people stay safe. So um, this course really encouraged local newsrooms to invest in documenting trends and holding law enforcement accountable. So our policy was really born from a combination of what was learned in that seminar through uh, various journalism ethics experts and our own newsroom's desire to be totally transparent with the public on what we do or don't cover. Terrence, can you give us some examples of what stories you would cover and and wouldn't cover, and how do you cover stories differently? So with this policy, we will prioritize crime and public safety of an urgent um, need for the public to know over a broad section of our communities. We would not cover, say, a random traffic crash or a liquor store robbery because we feel that other media are covering those quite well, thank you. But we want to focus our attentions on more high-profile, high-priority crime and public safety issues. For example, we have a recent series that one of our investigative reporters has been doing on the Public Defender's Office. We think that's of uh, importance to the community that we cover that. And it's not a crime. It's, it involves civil offenses. But nevertheless, we feel we want to elevate those issues and those stories that have a great, deep impact in our communities. And Terrence, why did you think there was a need for this kind of policy? Every news organization needs policies like this because otherwise you will attempt to cover every single story and no news organization has the resources to cover every single story. So this allows us to focus our attention on only those crime and public safety stories that are priority, which we deem a priority of huge public interest, uh, which are not going to simply disappear into the ether after their broadcast or after they hit the website or Twitter. We want deep, impactful coverage that has resonance with all of our communities. And so that's why we need it and other news organizations need to do the same thing. Elmond, now that you created this, what are you doing now? Well, after we created this, after we wrote the first draft, the entire news team and other KPBS staff provided feedback. We modified the first draft and then came up with a better draft. And then we sought community input from public safety-related institutions, as well as uh, community service organizations. And then we went back to the draft and uh, made sure all of the concerns were addressed and put together the final version that is now available on our website. Let's talk impact. What kind of impact do you think it will have, Terrence? For us, we hope that our audiences will come to recognize the type stories that we will cover. 
and the stories we won't cover. So we think this has the potential to deepen our relationship with our audiences. Uh, we also think that it will free us to not cover certain stories. Again, the stories that will disappear into the ether shortly after being consumed so that we can be free to focus on more impactful coverage. I've been speaking with KPBS News Director Terrence Shepard and Digital Editor Elma Gonzalez on public safety policy. I want to thank you both for speaking with me today. Thank you, Debbie. Thanks, Debbie. You can read the KPBS News Public Safety Policy at kpbs.org slash policies. The SDSU men's basketball team heads to the Mountain West Championship for its quarterfinal game tomorrow. Reporter Melissa May caught up with the team before they took off to Las Vegas. San Diego State's men's basketball team is the outright 2022-23 Mountain West regular season champion and is going into the Mountain West tournament as the number one seed. Head coach Brian Dutcher says the team is grateful that SDSU fans make the trip to the Thomas and Max Center in Las Vegas. Our Aztec fans are loyal, they're passionate, they make that drive. Especially if we get by the Thursday game, they're going to be there in force on uh, Friday and Saturday. So that's always the best part, having our Aztec fans follow us. It gives us comfort on a road floor, making it feel like a home game. Thursday's game will be at noon, against the winner of Wednesday's game between Colorado State and Fresno State. While the Mountain West Championship is the next challenge, after that comes the NCAA tournament. And the Aztecs are confident. Melissa May, KPBS News. That's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great Wednesday. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places.